0: Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ, for whom he died to save, so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry, according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you.
1: Can a man forfeit his salvation once he is saved? Now, there are more scriptures than can possibly be even made, uh, make a dent on this subject because it's covered from Genesis to Revelation. And that's why we have the volume called Lie of the Ages available at SafeguardYourSoul.com. It's a 740-page irrefutable Um dissertation if you will on this topic and many others it's rich every chapter is full of scripture and teaching from the word of god line upon line precept upon precept 57 chapters and uh the ebook and the book in print is available at SafeguardYourSoul.com. let's look at romans chapter 6 how many people know that romans the book of romans is the abcs of the christian faith and the first three chapters uh clearly reveal how all the world is guilty before god we have all sinned and come short of the glory of god and it's by faith in the blood of jesus and the third chapter fourth chapter fifth chapter that we are justified his righteousness is imputed to us upon our faith that does include repentance turning all the way to god that's how we have access to his saving grace through faith amen not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. ...of the washing
2: of regeneration
1: and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, in chapter 6, verse 1, what do we read here, Rusty? In Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 2.
2: What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not?
1: Okay, so look what Paul says here. He asks a question and he answers it. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid that you think that you, after being saved... Who's he talking to here, guys? Is he talking to the lost or saved?
2: Saved,
1: of course. The whole Bible's written to the saved. So the the, the eternal securist, and when I say that, I mean the one who... Is deceived into believing that he is unconditionally eternally secure, is going to try to find a way to justify his doctrine that he's learned from mere men and devils, I boldly say, because uh, the devil, Satan, is the one who told this lie first, right? God said to Adam and Eve that if you disobey me, now I'm, I'm warning you because I love you, that you can eat of all these trees in the garden, but if you eat of this one tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die, right? Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. Thou shalt surely die. Not you might die, but you shall surely die. What did Satan come back and say? Thou shalt what? Not Not surely die. die. That's right. In other words, you can can live in sin, you can disobey God, Satan told the first man and woman, and it's going to be okay. Now, what happened?
2: Well, well, Satan said you can have your fruit and eat it too. What is it that happened to Adam and Eve
1: when they sinned against God? God
2: ushered them out of the garden, didn't he? That's right. Out of his holy
1: presence, and that's what he does to us if we choose to sin. Sin is a choice. It's volitional. We know it when we're doing it in most people. the day that you eat you will die. Yes.
3: They didn't physically die that day, but they did spiritually. Yeah,
2: and
0: that's good Kelly. It well, says that's what that-
2: happens with us with sin. You know, we know that there's a, that there is a penalty of death, but we eat of the sin and we're still around to eat another bite. We think, Well surely we shall not die. Well, the good news is that we're still around to repent, right? right? And God would
1: not have any of us perish, but all come to know. Now, the eternal security is going to say, "Well, does that mean you get saved and you get lost every day?" Listen, you know, forget that question. Just let's just find out what the Bible says and stop living by reasoning and just go by the scriptures. So that's the problem. They haven't taken heed to Colossians 2, where Paul said, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. If you believe in an unconditional eternal security, it's not because you got it out of the Bible. You got it from some man's philosophy, because the Bible doesn't teach it. In 25 years of being saved, I've never seen anyone of the thousands of people we've seen get saved get in the Bible and come out with the idea that he's once saved always saved. You're not going to have it. Now, what happens is a lot of people grow up in this deception, this myth, or they're told it after they get saved by a mere man, and so they believe it. So they go into the Bible with those rose-colored glasses on. They go into the Bible trying to prove that, and most of them that you get in an argument or debate with don't have any scripture to back it up. And the ones they do use are completely out of context, as we'll see in our little journey here. But notice in Romans 6, 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Shall How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto into, into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, ye also... Excuse me. By the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. And he goes on. This is a very important chapter for every disciple to read. In fact, if you're listening to my voice, I encourage you to read Romans 6 five times this week. Five times. Read it through, highlight it, uh, pick out verses and memorize them on the index card. Notice uh, we are to be dead. We are to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive in the through Jesus Christ our Lord and I think that's the crux of this whole matter Rusty is uh, folks are going to I've never seen people argue and get so upset and claw and tooth and nail you to death because what are they fighting for they're fighting for their to justify themselves living in sin in other words not dying. This is a crossless gospel. This unconditional eternal security is a myth. It's a lie from hell. It started with Satan, and it's it's perpetrated today by false teachers and wolves. And by the way, you can tell them that I said they're wolves and false teachers if they're teaching that. You can put my name.
2: When I was involved in my sin and in the darkness of it, I had no word. All I had was John three sixteen. But as I began to memorize and meditate there, and you know, in the Word, and have that transformation, this chapter was uh, one of the first that I would memorized the whole chapter, and it continues to stand with to keep free from sin. I think that one of the greatest verses that I consider in in midst of temptations, uh, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants, ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. That's beautiful, Rusty. That's right
1: there in this sixth chapter, verse 16. Now, we talk about earlier, as Kelly mentioned, spiritual death. That's what happened to Adam Eve. We also see that right here, uh, Rusty, as you... Quoted earlier, the sixth chapter, verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Friends, listen, the wages of sin is still death, and God is still holy, holy, holy. The the boggling, the mind-boggling thing is that those who believe this never preach about the holiness of God. Uh, they don't care about God's holiness. All they're looking for in their lawless hearts. Remember, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. you, you workers of iniquity, workers of lawlessness. They heap to themselves teachers having itching air. They want to hear the doctrines of ease. They don't want to hear that God has put a responsibility on them to, to, not, to be dead with Christ, to be crucified with Christ. Jesus said, we're not following him, and so we do two things. What is that? Luke 9, 23 and 24. If you listen to me, I want you to answer that question. What did Jesus say If those have to, those people have to do if they're going to follow him? they got to, number one, deny themselves. And number two, take up the cross and follow him. The cross is the implement of death. And if you're not dying to self, you're not walking with Christ, and you're in trouble. Okay? Well, brother, I was saved by faith. Yeah, it's not a one-time thing. And he said right here that if we're in Christ, Romans 6, 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way through then we're dead with him. And if you're not dead with him and you're living in sin, what does he say in verse sixteen, Rusty? You just quoted it, Know ye not that to whom ye you yield yourself servants who obey his servants you are, whether of sin unto what death, or of obedience unto the righteousness. Does anybody need to explain that? Not really. You live in sin, you live in spiritual death. You live in righteously, you live in the spirit with God, as many as are live by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans eight fourteen, hello. What does Romans eight thirteen say?
2: Or if you live after the flesh, you so shall die. But if you, uh, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Okay, now so
1: we're not talking about continuing to keep your salvation by your own good works. That was the error of the Galatians who fell from grace, right? Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. That they had they had begun in the Spirit, and now they were trying to be made perfect in the flesh. That's a whole other deal. That's error. That's soul-damning error. Then he comes back in the 5th chapter, verse 4. Now, by the way, it's a bewitchment, by the way. To think that now that you've been saved by the grace of God through faith in Christ, hello, faith, that's your part, that now somehow you're going to be made perfect in the flesh. You're going to go ahead and maintain your salvation by your own good works and your own obedience. That's baloney. That's complete error. That's the error of the Galatians.
2: Bewitchment. bewitchment. I consider it more of an abomination.
1: Yeah, it was a witchcraft. Okay, in chapter 5, verse 4, what did it say? They had fallen from grace, quote, unquote, because what? They tried to continue... Uh, in the flesh, after being made perfect, perfectly justified by God, through faith in Christ in the Spirit. Okay? Now, by the way, you ought to mark that down. If you're listening and you're a good student of Scripture and you really care about what the Bible says, like letting God be true in every man a liar, you ought to write this down. Galatians 5.4, can a man fall from grace? Well, of course he can. They had fallen from grace. Hello? Why would the Bible say... They had fallen from grace that were possible, number one. Number two, how can you fall from something that you're not on? I mean, whose intelligence are we trying to insult here, right? Okay, these guys got every... I've never seen a cult that has more answers. Now, we all know that the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons have all kinds of answers that they're just regurgitating. They all say the same thing. Hello. Okay, when they come to your door, or you meet them on the street. They all got the same... Cult-like answer to regurgitate to you when you bring up certain scriptures. Okay, they've been taught by they've been taught by the ones that have duped them. They are the prey. They are the bait. They're the devil bait. Okay, and they're gullible and they're willingly ignorant. They're being destroyed because uh, of lack of knowledge. They don't love the truth, and therefore God Himself has sent them a strong delusion. Second Thessalonians two ten through twelve. That's exactly what's going on with what I call the cult of Calvin. The cult of Calvin, John Calvin's cult, is alive and well today with Reformed theology and all the wolves who perpetrate those evil, filthy five points of Calvinism. Not one of them's true. Not one of them's true. Somebody says, well, "Wait a minute! Aren't we totally depraved? We're not totally depraved in the way Calvin defined it when he said that we are—we had no ability to even answer the call of God to be saved." That's ridiculous. Uh, it, it, it
3: also teaches that. I didn't know this until recently that uh, regeneration uh, precedes faith. In other words, you got to be born again before you can even believe in Christ. It's all backwards. You believe in Christ to get born again. That's a biblical concept, yet they twist that. Because uh, according to them, because we're totally depraved, we have to be born again, regenerated, before we can even believe or repent. Which is predestination. Their isn't, that, isn't that something, uh, I was thinking that, when Todd was talking, that uh, <clears throat> the uh, Calvinistic system is based on uh, men's logic, the wisdom of this world, which is uh, not pure, peaceable, and full of good fruits. It, was, it comes from a mind of a lawyer. I don't think that's any coincidence. Calvin was a lawyer. And uh, he uh, codified this system, and it's totally... Uh, out of the darkness. Well, you know, Kelly, just think about it. It's a
1: whole system. Remember he wrote, what is the books, the doctrines of, the, what's that book, the oh, book?
3: Institutes of uh,
1: Christianity. Yeah, think about this for a minute. Just take a step back. John Calvin wrote a whole series of books. They're very thick and they're very eloquently written. Okay? Satan's very eloquent. And he knows the scriptures. Anyway, John Calvin wrote a whole series of, of uh, volumes, large ones, so that people can read those and learn what God said. That's exactly what we see going on in Bible college. How naive can we be? Next time you see a Bible college or a seminary student, ask him why he didn't have his Bible open. He's got 14 different commentary, but listen, I've been there. The fourth year of students didn't even know the Word of God in the Bible college I went to, so I left after one year. I knew the Bible better than them going in. They don't know the Bible today. I know many of them, and they know that. You see, they don't have a command knowledge of the scriptures. That why they learned. It might as well, if it was going to be truthful. Denise be called commentary college, not Bible college. You see, anyway, this cult of Calvin works like this, where you learn the system, as Kelly said, of theology that John Calvin wrote. You don't go in the raw scriptures and learn them. God forbid. Okay, that the Holy Spirit teaches you through your own study and to show your own self approval to God, but you go study what john calvin said christianity is about and i'll tell you what there's few cults that so uh lock people in i mean it's hard to get somebody out of this cultish thinking of john calvin let me tell you why
0: dts, teaching. DTS is a
3: we lost two guys from this bible study to calvinistic churches and other groups because they they obviously they love the, uh, the favor of men than of god a true christian seeks god's praise Not the favor of men.
1: he doesn't identify with Reformed theology or any kind of system of theology or John Calvin or his pastor that teaches Calvinism, he identifies with Jesus Christ. You're not even a Christian if you're not identifying with Jesus Christ. We're crucified with Christ if we're true Christians. Uh, Recently, I sent out an email. We got 450, 500 people on our ministry list. And, you know, I got one or two asked me to remove them. Why wow, they don't like they don't like to be told that man they're they're not once saved always saved God forbid don't you dare mess with my little uh, my little uh, thin veneer of comfort here of ease that I can live in sin and I, are you telling me I actually have to be crucified with Christ and die myself to take up my cross and follow Christ and walk on and be holy for He's holy see uh, holiness
3: without which no man shall see the Lord
1: exactly Hebrews twelve four Are you actually telling me I literally have to walk with God the way Jesus said and the apostles. I don't want to hear that. Get me off this list right now. They get upset. They are fighting for their right. And it's not a God-given right to party, to live like they want. Listen, that's the way of ease. Uh, woe unto him that is at ease in Zion, right? Amos six one. Uh, Ze- I believe it's Ze- Zechariah one twelve. is it? where he's, God said he's going to search out in his judgment. He is going to search out and destroy in his judgment those that are settled on their leaves. Jesus said it this way that if you're lukewarm, he's going to spew you out of his mouth. That means he is going to vomit you from his body. If Jesus Christ is not your first love, he said to repent. And if there's no why would he say repent? Why would you have to go from one point to another if you were already okay? You're not okay. If he says, If if I'm not your first love, you need to repent and return to me, you're going to hell. It doesn't matter. Who is he talking to? He's talking to his own church. Right there, Revelation chapter two, verse four and five. Okay? And these guys could even discern false apostles. But he said, you left your first love. If you don't have a love for Jesus, you're not seeking his face. You don't love him enough to say, I'm, I'm second. He's first. I'm setting myself aside. I'm denying myself so Christ can reign. God, you must increase and I must decrease. You don't know him. Paul said this, that I may know him. And watch what's, watch what's intertwined together with knowing him. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Hello? Now, what, what did he say right before that? And this goes to the Calvinists that may be listening, that has a true open heart and honest heart that wants to be right with God. Paul said in chapter 3 of Philippians also, before he said what I just quoted in verse 10 about knowing God, that he counted all things but dung. He counted all of his learning, all of his, he gave his resume about being a Jew of Jews, a Pharisee of Pharisees, all of this learning, way more than these uh, lightweights that have been taught a little Calvinism. He counted it all done for the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus said several things. Uh, let me just mention a few cursory uh, verses of you, just a sampling. Jesus said this, he that endure to the end, the same shall be said. Now, what does that mean? If you're automatically going to persevere to the end, why did Jesus tell them that they had to, he told them this. He said, you will be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. There's a condition. The Bible clearly teaches a conditional eternal security, not an unconditional eternal security. Now, does that mean we're not secure? Yet, yeah, no, we are secure if we're doing what? John 10:27 through 29. The promise that that Jesus gave us that you will not, no man can pluck you out of my hand. Who did He give that to? Those that are hearing His voice and following Him. Hello, verse 27 is a the verse they conveniently leave out. In fact. No Calvinist I've ever talked to even knew that verse existed. And you know how many hundreds of conversations I've had with people that believe that they're unconditionally eternal secure. No matter what they do, they can live any way they like. And once they've had one true moment of faith, saving faith, they're forever saved. Maybe
2: the promise, sir, for those that walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Well, quote well, it. There's therefore now no condemnation to them. To who? Who's there no condemnation to? To them which are in Christ Jesus who walk. Not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The new
1: versions have cut that verse in half, but the original Greek, the Textus Receptus, and the King James Bible tell us that there are two conditions for not being under the condemnation of God. And what are those two conditions, Rusty?
2: Well, we are in Christ Jesus, and the second, that we walk not after the flesh, but after
3: I put something together I had thought of. The, uh, the doctrine of uh,
2: eternal security comes out of
3: Egypt. See that? The new, the new Versions are based on text coming out of Egypt. They cut off the end of Romans 8. Origen, among others, corrupted them. And uh, Augustine was the founder of the doctrine that Calvin followed. Uh, predestination and all that. And he was out of Egypt. He was the Bishop of Egypt.
1: Mm. Wow,
3: that's a good And Think about
1: that. Tie that together when you, you see in the hoof prints of Satan on the New Versions. How he removed... Uh, the key to casting him out, and that's fasting and prayer. He lifted, took it right out of the Bible. If you got a new version, go look for Matthew 1721. It's not in there.
3: I'm sorry, the Satan is for the doctrine of eternal security. Why? He's the one the it's first leading game. souls to hell. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. even mind if multitudes get saved, Billy Graham crusades or, or these other revivals. Uh, people get saved at Benny Hinn's stuff. Why? Because... He knows that most of them are going to fall away.
1: That's a great point. And you know, what the what the apostles told the believers that just got saved is completely different than what we see happening today. If you look at uh, Acts chapter 14, verse 22, Paul's on his second or third missionary journey. Uh, he's going back and revisiting people that he led to Jesus as churches were being built throughout the uh, over there in Asia minor in the different cities notice what he says here in chapter 14 verse 22 what did paul say now compare this remember we're to we're to continue steadfastly in what the apostles' doctrine. This is an apostle of Jesus who actually said in Galatians 1, 6-9 that if you receive any, or if anybody brings any other gospel other than the one I brought you, let it be a curse. God does not take this lightly. Anybody teaching something contrary to the apostles of Jesus are teaching against Jesus. They're antichrist wolves. Now, what do we see here? And compare that to what do we see today? In this doctrine of ease, this, uh, this religion of ease where we get saved and there's no responsibility to walk with God and be crucified with Christ daily. Jesus said you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, daily, daily. And if you're going to follow him or you're not following him, if you're not daily walking with Christ, you're not walking with him at all. Listen to something else Jesus said before we hit this verse. Luke 17:33, 33, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Notice whosoever. It doesn't matter where you were in the past. Where are you now? Okay. He didn't say, well, whosoever, meaning the lost. No. He said whosoever. There's no respect for a person with God. If you're not losing your life, you're not gaining it in God.
2: And it's so important that we deal with the whole leaven of this sin issue. You know, the Lord shows me that uh, eternity is too long to get it wrong. We might as well play it safe here. Uh, For those that are into the perversions, I've heard of one that was trying to justify her living homosexual lifestyle. And she quoted Romans eight one. She says, there's no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus. She put a period there. You know, she left out the second part of the verse. As I've told those that are in that sin.
0: Well brothers and sisters it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the word of God and remember there's hundreds of more Christ centered scripture rich uh, edifying Podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with uh, uh, several many books on there for your uh, edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ centered. Also, tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit uh, our donate page on the site. And uh, uh, you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach uh, is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and uh, all over the world. And uh, may God be praised that uh, there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together, In the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.